All right, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. We're going to wrap up our series on pray for a change. Everybody say pray for a change. In Philippians 4, 6 and 7 in the New Living Translation says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Let's all read it together. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Could we do that one more time? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. The reason I'm emphasizing that is because normally what we do is we flip it and we don't pray about anything. Instead, we worry about everything. And we've got to flip that. Now, here's the problem. Don't worry about anything. What did Jesus say about worry? Don't. Don't. And a lot of reasons for that. Instead, we should pray about everything. And, and therein kind of is the problem. Pray. We're not sure, well, am I allowed to pray? Or I don't know what to pray. Or I wasn't good all week. Am I, can I still pray? I don't know what to say. Um, and so that's what we're trying to clear up. And that's my assignment is to get us praying. Let's keep reading here. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's good stuff. How many vote we should keep that in the Bible? Okay, good deal. Um, We have been given just an incredible, powerful privilege to be able to connect with the Almighty God, who's also our Heavenly Father, that we can actually connect with him in prayer. Did y'all hear what I I was just saying? We have been given a privilege. We didn't earn this. We didn't come up with this. Jesus made a new and living way. It's a user-friendly system. We're invited into it. That God wants us to come to him, to talk to him. He reveals himself as our heavenly father. And it's a powerful privilege that we have. And we want to make sure that we're using this and not ignoring this incredible privilege because it, it, it changes life. It changes things in our life. As I said, my assignment is to get you praying, to get you to be a people that are ready, that you're prepared, that you're equipped, so to speak. Should we need to go off-road, you've got the traction, the equipment, the torque, the horsepower. You've got everything else that you need to be able to, whatever is out there in front of us. How many of you know that's not going to all be smooth sailing in front of us? Even though you love Jesus, how many of you know it's not all going to be smooth sailing? And we don't know what, what all would come on the earth, but what we can be is prepared And uh, prayer, if you don't have prayer as a part of your life, then um, you're not prepared. You're not prepared. You're going to be shouting out some anxious prayers when instead you can can be handling things much, much better in prayer. One of the biggest problems with praying, as we've talked about, is simply we don't. We don't. And we've got to change that where certainly that's what we do. It's the greatest, most powerful thing you could do about anything is, is to pray about it. In Romans 12, 12... The Apostle Paul writes, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. If you'll leave that up just for a second. Rejoice in hope. Hope has to do with the future. Patient in tribulation. Tribulation has to do with what you're dealing with, going through. Be constant in prayer. And I believe this. Rejoice in hope. That's ahead of us. Patient in tribulation. That's what we're dealing with. Constant in prayer. I believe that you can rejoice, be joyful in hope. That's proactive. It's because you're constant in prayer. That's proactive prayer, that you're praying ahead of things. 
I mean, you know, a lot could be much different, much uh, averted and so forth if we would get ahead of things in prayer. Your future is paved in prayer, and we've got to get out ahead of that. So you can be rejoicing in hope. That's proactive prayer. And then you can be patient in tribulation. That's reactive prayer. We're, we're reacting in a positive way to what is going on in our lives. I think we're able to rejoice and be patient because we are constant in prayer. Prayer is just a, a valuable, valuable thing. Jesus, I believe, and this is without argument in my book, was the greatest individual that ever walked this earth. As he walked this earth, one of the things that he did was he spoke. He went about preaching and teaching. And several places in scripture we find that when he finished speaking, the people were astonished. The people were amazed. People would comment, no one has ever spoke like this man. So here's Jesus going about and he's got his disciples for roughly three and a half years. uh, Very, very close with him. Watched him up close and personal the whole time. And notice that at the end of of his ministry, they didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach. Lord, teach us to teach. What did they say? Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Because they watched him go from place of prayer to place of prayer to place of prayer with miracles in between. They saw that the real game changer was that he prayed, that he got away often. He withdrew from everything often, daily, early, got away with his heavenly father. Whether things were going bad, whether things were going awesome, whether everybody was for him or people were turning against him, he often got away with his heavenly father. They noticed again, Jesus went from place of prayer to place of prayer to place of prayer with miracles in between. And they tied it all together and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. I think that needs to be our prayer today. Lord, teach us to pray. Will you say that with me? Lord, teach us to pray. In James 5, verse 13, and we looked at this last week, it says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him what? Let him pray. And here's our takeaway from last week. You pray for you. Yes, it's, it's good, and we'll talk about it in a moment. Get others to pray for you. You pray for others. We pray with one another. But you've got to learn to pray for you. And not be all pitiful. Have maybe ever met anybody all pitiful? You know? Anyway, um, we'll keep going. Uh, you pray for you. You've got to learn to pray for you. It's a powerful thing that you're not having to wait for everybody else. And, and is anyone among you suffering? The, the scriptural uh, command there is you should pray. Pray for yourself. But also, as we said, you should pray for others. You should pray for one another. You should pray with people. It's good to have somebody to pray with. It's good to have prayer partners, you know, people that you trust. And um, there's some caution I would add to that. Guys, you know, if you need a prayer partner, do not be tracking down some pretty young thing, okay? You look angelic. Would you pray with me? No. I hope she punches you in the throat, okay? So um, keep all this pure, right? Okay. But... When we pray for one another, it's a very, very powerful, very important thing. And you've got to have that support in your life. And let me encourage you with this. You're you're talking to somebody, be it on the phone or in person, and they're sharing something that they're going through. Um, And you say, wow, you know, I'll be praying for you. Or they ask you, hey, would would you be praying for me? Look at me, listen to me on this. Don't just say, yeah, I'll be praying for you. Why don't you pray for them right, right then? 
right there. Ask their permission, okay? Don't just all of a sudden grab their neck, you know. Ask their permission and listen to me. Be discreet. Okay? You don't have to suddenly, you know, you're in the middle of the mall. You're talking to a friend you hadn't seen in a while. How you doing? I'm going through this. Would you pray for me? I will, and right now. Everybody back up 50 feet. Because the power is coming here. Listen, please don't do that in the mall. All right? And then when you pray for them, listen, I've prayed for people in all kinds of settings. You can do it with your eyes open. How many of you know that prayer will work even though your eyes are open? Okay. And you can pray for them and you don't have to get loud. And for Jesus' sake, and, and if you're part of Meadowbrook, for Meadowbrook's sake, please don't be weird. More people have been turned off by weird. So listen. Don't you misrepresent Jesus? Can I say something about weird? We see some people weird representing Jesus or church. You have to understand this. Jesus and church didn't make them weird. They'd be weird no matter what they did, okay? (laughs) Selling ice cream, collecting stamps, whatever it would be, they they would be weird with it, okay? So just, Jesus help us all. Well, you can pray for people and just be real discreet. I like to, I usually like to make contact with somebody, you know, touch their shoulder, hold their hand or something. But I mean, you can even not, but take that moment, pray, pray with them just right there. You can just do it in just low voice. Everybody else is doing what they're doing and you can pray. I've been at dinner parties before and everybody else is loud and joking and doing all their stuff and, you know, eating finger foods and everything. And somebody going through something, it's like, yeah, let's just, let's just pray now. And again, you don't have to get weird about it. And I believe God will meet you right in that place. And here's the thing. Prayer happens right then. And, and I don't care how well-meaning and, and good-intentioned you are. Here's what can happen. You know what? Yeah, I will be praying for you. And you wander off. And what? We forget. We forget sometimes. And why don't, why don't we just go ahead and lock on there? You with me on that? Matthew 18, verse 19 says, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth, that's one requirement, on earth, Concerning anything that they ask, what does it say? Go to the next one. There it goes. It what? It what? It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. It will be done. This is is called the prayer of agreement. And the word agree there in the New Testament Greek means to symphonize or harmonize. And it really has the idea of if you're really going to harmonize... Um, it takes a triad, if you understand music theory. It's going to take that to really, and they work together. I mean, even some people could sing some notes and it doesn't really blend good. And they're not on worship team either. But, um, but you want that to be able to blend, to agree together. The sympathetic overtones that they kind of work together. And it just means this, that we can come into agreement. And that triad would be two people on earth and our father in heaven. And all of that kind of agrees together. And he said, if you pray in that way, it's a powerful thing. He says, whatever you ask, then it will be done for you by your father, by my father in in heaven. Pastor Jack Hayford, one of the great statesmen of the body of Christ. I just so respect him and uh, thankful for his ministry as it even continues on today. Uh, Pastor Jack Hayford, I heard him say this probably 20 years ago. 
He said this, I would be hard-pressed to think of any time where my wife and I have prayed together in agreement. I would be hard-pressed to think of any time where that prayer has not been answered. And so it's just a powerful thing to be able to agree together with somebody in prayer. Now, last week, if you'll recall, in the middle of the message, I said I don't take requests. And by that, I meant, you know, some people say, "Um, Pastor, would you preach a sermon today to fix my husband? Or I'm bringing my friends next week. Could you preach on this? And I told you, I just, you know, respectfully, I can't really take requests. I've got to seek God. God, what do you want, you know, for this message? Um, and this is not necessarily a request, but I got an email this week. I was sitting with my assistant, and we were going over the mail. And, and uh, this came, and this is one of those kind of hold the phone, stop the presses kind of thing, the way this, this struck me. And I won't divulge all of this, but this individual said, Um, Let me say I was raised in a certain denomination, certain religion, and I only know how to pray the prayers that we learn by heart. Please teach us how to talk to God. They only learn the prayers that from books and memorized prayers, how to pray those memorized prayers. Teach us, think, think what she said, teach us how to talk to God. And I thought, right there is the answer. That's what prayer is, to talk. To God. So what I want to do in the next few moments as we just wrap up this series, this is our sixth week on this, I want to go back and do something. If you've been here any length of time at all here at Meadowbrook, I have shared these things. I share them every year, year and a half or so. And look at me intentionally. I intentionally come back on numerous things because those are the fundamentals that we've got to come back to and never just assume that we all know these things. So I want to give you in the next few moments kind of a refresher on just six things that are involved in prayer. And uh, we'll just look at these, at these real quick here. First of all, we're to pray to the Father. Everybody say, pray to the Father. Now let's, let's look at a couple of scriptures in Luke chapter 12. Are you all out there? Luke chapter 12, if God, if then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind for all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your, your what? Your father, pay, pay attention to that. Your father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Notice, first of all, that he knows your needs and it's his good pleasure to meet those needs. But I want you to notice who it is that scripture points out here. God reveals himself by his names. We sang and declared several of his names this morning. Deliverer, Savior, Strong and mighty. Yeah, we could go on and on through scripture that he's the creator, that he's the redeemer. We could go through all of those. But in context of prayer, it is noted in, in the gospels that he is repeatedly referred to as our father. As our father. Our heavenly father. And that is the aspect of God. That's the mindset that, that he wants you to have toward him. So that you're not so you know freaked out or afraid or I don't know how to even approach him. He said, hey, I am your heavenly father. And your heavenly father. I love this. Your heavenly father. Say my heavenly father. Your heavenly father knows what you need. And your heavenly father says it is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Um, Jesus, in teaching us to pray, 
taught what is called the Lord's Prayer. Now, let me just touch on this just real quick. It's okay to pray the Lord's Prayer. You can pray the Lord's Prayer. It's awesome. But understand this, though, the context in which it was delivered. Don't make that your only prayer. The, the disciples did not say, Lord, teach us a prayer. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, pray after this manner. He's saying, this would be a form. This would be a template that you could take and you could fill out this prayer. He was not necessarily saying, memorize this prayer and let that be your only prayer. He's not saying that. He's saying, you could, you could fill this out and make it personal. But notice how he started. Jesus said, you should pray like this. And what did, how, did, how did that prayer start? Our Father. Our Father. And then we find in uh, John chapter 16, verse 23. Jesus again said, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you, y'all help me with this, whatever you, what? Ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So the first thing is, you know, one of the biggest problems is, well, where, where do we start? You start talking to your heavenly Father. You start talking to your heavenly Father. Second then, lost my marker. Father, where's my marker? You pray in Jesus' name. Everybody say, pray to the Father in Jesus' name. He's, a, he's our connection. They used to have this thing, for those of you that are younger, they used to have this thing called mail. Where they used this stuff called paper. And they had these ancient artifacts called pens and pencils. How many of you have seen them like in museums and things like that? Okay. okay. I'm, and I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, I want you to think about mail. I can remember in school learning how to, you know, address an envelope and where the return address and, where, you know, doing all those kind of things. And, and can I just insert this? Everybody needs to go old school now and then and send somebody a handwritten note. It will bless them. It is of so much value to do that. I would encourage you to do it. There's somebody God would lay on your heart. Just encourage them or congratulate them on something. Send them something handwritten, okay? But... I want you to imagine that our prayers are mail, you know, not email, not Twitter, not, you know, not instant message, not anything else, but it's mail and it gets sent to the father, but it's addressed to the father care of Jesus. I just sent something for my daughter who's going to college in, in the fall. I had to send something to the university and then attention certain department that it was to go to to get it to the right place but what we do by prayer is we pray to the father in jesus name well when do i say jesus whenever you want to okay you don't have to say it a thousand times and then make sure i believe that you end the whole thing too you know i always say father i come to you in the name of jesus and i thank you that i can and then after you prayed all you pray father i pray all of these things in jesus name and amen but you this is what I kind of imagine, that Jesus is seated where? At the, the right hand of the Father, and they're going through the mail. And it comes to Jesus, Jesus got a whole box full. And that's just from you, okay? And he opens it, Father, this, this is from so-and-so. Remember, I shed my blood for them. They belong to us. And, and Jesus will, in a matter of speaking, he will read that letter to the Father. It goes to the Father in Jesus' name. Notice these verses, John 14, verse 13 and 14. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. 
John 16, 23 and 24 again. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you, here it is, help me. Ask the father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask implied in my name and you will receive. And look at this, that your joy may be full. You know, I, I mess with y'all sometimes say, you know, because people say, well, prayer's no fun. Prayer's boring. I don't like prayer. It's because you're not doing it right. You pray right, your joy is going to be full. Amen. So we pray to the Father in Jesus' name, and then we have to pray in line with his word. Pray to the Father in Jesus' name in line with his word. His word is his will. His word is his promises. His word, if you will, is the catalog. It's the toolbox. Let me put it to you this way. His word is the menu. So you're going to have to order something off the menu. You know, you, some restaurants, you go in and you don't pay attention. You order something, you know, that you had in Albuquerque that they don't serve here. Okay? So you're like, Lord, would you bless me and help me as I rob a bank on Tuesday? No, we don't serve that here. You follow me? That's not on the menu. Lord, I got somebody I really need to get back at. So could you like strike them with lightning and about the same time I'm karate chopping them, you know, and, and, and you know what the Lord's got, we, we don't do that. We don't do, are y'all hearing me? Cause some people pray some pretty goofy stuff. It's gotta be in line with God's word. It's gotta be in line with, with his word. I believe this for every problem. There's a promise. Uh, by one count, there are 8,810 promises in here. So I believe for every problem, any problem you would have, there's a promise. Either specific, exact lineup or by principle, it would address. And this is what we do. You take that promise. You take what God has said and you're praying to the Father in Jesus' name in line with his word. It says, Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I've got this need. I've got this situation. And your word said this. For example... Did you know that in 2 Thessalonians 3, it says that God would deliver you from unreasonable and wicked people? Amen. Anybody need that promise? Why don't you pray about it? Lord, I, my boss is goofy. You know, or whoever it would be. The Lord knows how also to deliver us out of temptation. You can pray, Lord, help me with it. Because some of y'all are distracted and things, and you, you just constantly are falling to the same temptation. Did you know that the Lord knows how to get you around that? I think you should ask him to help you specifically for anything that would be going on. First John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15 in the Amplified Bible. And this is the confidence. Watch this carefully. The assurance, the privilege of boldness which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and hears us. And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions the request made of him. Now, that's a whole lot of words, but it's saying this, that if you ask according to his will, you can have confidence that he's going to answer that. If you see what it is that he desires for you, you know, it's like, hey, mom, dad, could I borrow the car on Saturday? And they go, hey, you can, 
they'd already told you, hey, if you need the car on Saturday, you can have it. And now you go to ask for it. You can have confidence in that. You don't have to get all nervous about that. You can have confidence knowing, hey, that is his will. Approach the Father in Jesus' name according to his will. And then this, pray in faith, in faith. Don't do this. Well, God, I don't even know if you're there, if you even hear me or if you even care. I don't even know your Bible. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if you're real and this and that and not even sure who I'm talking to, but if you could help me on this, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> you know what? I actually know God has answered that prayer before just to show himself strong to somebody. But if you're growing in God, don't be praying like that. You need to, need to get all this lined up. And here's what happens. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so when you hear, when you read, when you see his promises, faith rises and you need to ask God in faith. Watch this, Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Matthew 21, 22, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. And what is the last word we usually use in prayer? Amen. You know what amen really means? So be it. Let it be that way. I think that's closing out your prayer with a declaration of of faith. Amen. Also, I believe this. Faith says what? Faith says thank you. You know, if you if you go to lunch today or you're in a restaurant or something and and they come up and you go, uh, would you like uh, what would you like to drink today? And you go, do you have uh, iced tea? We do. Could I get some? Yes. And they turn around and walk off. You don't go, I want sliced tea. I mean, you just ordered it. So what do you do? What do you say? Well, you should. Some of y'all need manners. Listen. When you order it, you say, you know what? I'll have some iced tea today. And they okay, one iced tea. And they turn to walk away. You should say, you should say thank you. You should say thank you. And what that is, it's faith. I know in a few minutes they're going to come back with my iced tea. You didn't follow them around. You don't ask people at other tables, where'd you get that? You know? (laughs) Pray in faith. I got to hurry. Pray to the Father. Everybody say, pray to the Father. In Jesus' name. In line with his word. In faith. And then there's a big one. Be real. Be real. Everybody say, be real. Simple, heartfelt, talk to God. You don't have to put on airs. You don't have to act religious. You don't have to change your voice. When I was a young man coming up, I got saved at the age of 12. We were part of a church. That church split. We were in part of another church. And I'm watching these people, and there's these guys. They'd hang out outside of church, smoke cigars, tell dirty jokes. How many of you went to that church? Okay. And then... Then we get inside and they're doing things. And brother so-and-so, would you lead in prayer? Now, I just heard them outside. <laughs> you know, going through all their stuff. And now, brother and so-and-so, would you pray? Yes. Dear Heavenly Father. I'm telling you in my mind, I thought, this is not right. And as soon as I can, I'm leaving. And I'm never coming back. Seriously. And then if I ever got called on to pray, as a young man, I thought, you know, do, do I have to, 
do I have to do that? You don't. You don't. I've joked about it before. Sometimes people, they change their voice and everything, and God and the angels come and look over and go, who is that? I didn't make anybody like that. Hey, be real. Just be you. Y'all, just be you. And just talk to God. Talk to God in this, in this way. Um, don't be a pretender. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't use all kinds of vain repetitions. Don't get into ruts. I prayed with people. You prayed with people. Hopefully it's not you where you use 11 hallelujahs a, a, a sentence. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord, Heavenly Father. And you never really say anything. I was praying with a guy years ago. I said, hey, you want to pray? He said, yeah. I said, you pray. And he prayed. He said, Father God, hallelujah, glory to God, praise the Lord so much that we just got a few minutes into it. And I said, bro, you're wearing me out. <laughs> just be real and pay attention because you're talking to the great someone. So don't get in all this religious, hallelujah, hallelujah, glory, God, glory. You know, just be real and talk to God. Are you all with me on this? Pay attention to, because the first step of prayer is actually, believe it or not, mental. It's a spiritual thing, but it's mental. Your heart cannot be in what your mind is not on. You have to put your mind on this, and then you can get your heart into it. And pay attention that way. It helps, too, when you can to pray out loud. Now, I'm not talking about you've got to have loud, loud, but to pray out loud, where your speech centers get kicked in. Even if it's just under your, voice, under your breath that you're, that you're just praying. Because when you can pray silently, you can. But if I'm going to pray about something for any length of time silently, you know what happens to me, and I hate to, I hate to admit it to you as your pastor, my mind drifts. Before I know it, it's like, oh, yeah, I was praying. You know, you, you come back. I don't like the Miami heat. And, oh, oh I, was, I was praying. And you, and you come, back, come back. Sorry. See, my mind drifts. But pay attention to that. And then lastly, assume the New Testament prayer posture. I got to hurry. First Timothy 2.8. I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Lifting up holy hands. In the catacombs under Rome where the Christians were forced to hide because they were being persecuted and martyred, there were paintings that were found in the catacombs showing believers praying for themselves and for others with hands lifted up. But more important than the lifting of hands is this, without wrath and without doubting. It's going to hinder your prayer if you're all upset about this and them and all of that. You're upset, you're doubtful. All of that just crowds the airways, so to speak. You need to let it go. You need to lay it down. You're in the presence of the one who can do something about it. Let it go, lay it down. Lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. And it's going to add power to your prayer. Let me just close with this. And I actually opened up with this six weeks ago. A quote by George Mueller. And I won't go back over his biography right now. But a powerful man of prayer who saw many answers to prayer. And he said this. I live in a spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk about. I pray when I rise up. Excuse me, when I lie down. And I pray when I rise up. And don't miss this part. And the answers are always coming. The answers are always coming because he learned to connect in prayer. Pray to the Father. Talk to God. Pray to the Father in Jesus' name, in line with his word. Pray in faith. Be real. Be real. And assume that New Testament prayer posture, more important than any outward thing, is this, without wrath 
and without doubting. Did y'all get anything at all out of this this morning? All right.